Hello, people. Welcome to That Josh James Show uh, with me, Josh James. Listen, a bit of a longer one today because uh, me and Salvatore talk about my recent appearance on Mo Gilligan's latest show. Hopefully, by this time that you're listening to the podcast, hopefully my set will be on um, the latest YouTube channel, basically. Um, and we'll just have a chat about it and uh, I open up a little bit, get a bit sentimental and Salvatore tells me... <laughs> That is a good episode. I've not heard it yet, but it's going to be good. So enjoy. And oh, fuck this fuck's sake. <laughs> We've recorded this about four times. <laughs> Basically, what I'm trying to say is it's a bit different from our usual funny episodes. It's still funny. It's still funny, but I'm just getting a bit insecure. Yeah. The fact that it is a little bit more sentimental. But look, I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. Don't be messaging me after saying, oh, thanks for sharing that, Josh. Just listen to it. It's longer. Enjoy. It's going to be a good one. <laughs> That's the one. It's a comedian. Yeah. He is. <laughs> no, not joking. Hello, welcome back to uh, Nat Josh James Show, episode 12. Uh, we're rocking and rolling. I'm joined as always by my trusty psychic, my uh, producer, my Italian stallion. Salvatore Bacconi. How you doing, Salvatore? I'm not sure how I feel about the the word sidekick. Sidekick? I kind of feel that. It feels, it feels a bit... Uh, Degrading? A little bit. Really? <laughs> I'm your sidekick as well, though. Mm, does it work like that? I thought sidekick's almost kind of lesser. That's kind oh, of why I feel like... Uh... <laughs> going to be writing off to an employment tribunal soon. That's it. Going to strike, just like the rail, rail workers. Yeah. Um... Okay, well, it's uh, right-hand man. Yeah, that'll do. Right-hand man. Okay, yeah. right-hand man. Right-hand man, Salvatore Bacconi. Um, welcome back, guys. I think we're just um, off the top. Just a quick reminder about uh, my work in progress show that I got on the 17th and 18th of August at Two North Down. It's part of the Camden Fringe Festival. Two North Down is in King's Cross. Um and did I mention the date? 17th and 18th of August? Yeah. It's called The Two Joshes. I'm doing half an hour of new jokes and crowd work. And then my mate, uh, Josh Balfe, another great comedian, is going to be doing 30 minutes of the same. It's going to be a great night. Can have a chat with everyone after and have a laugh. So please come along. Tickets are only £5. Salvatore's also got a show at the Camden Fringe on the 22nd of August called... Matt and Sam Attempt Murder. Attempt Murder. West End Comedy Club, 22nd of August, tickets are a fiver. On my Instagram. Yeah. Go buy Basically, buy tickets for my one, and then you've still got any money left, <laughs> then maybe go to that one. What yeah. date's yours again? 17th and 18th. 17th and 18th, right, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So if you think, you know, we went to a really shit comedy show last week on yeah. 17th and 18th. Yeah, then whatever you do, don't go to Salvatore's, because that will just make you slip into a, into a, probably a depression, to be honest, and you want to you wanna, you wanna just end it. So, right. so don't do that. Um, also, check out... Um, <laughs> The latest episode of Chatting Brit on YouTube channel. They're hilarious. Yes. It's a Salvatore's baby. Uh, I, I, um, I'm hosting a few, but honestly, they're so funny. And that's a very good, good idea that he's come up with there. Very funny. Um, so, yeah. And then also check out my Mo Gilligan latest show on YouTube. Uh, I hope it's out yet. <laughs> I filmed it. And it's been a few weeks. And I keep talking about it. I'm like, go watch it on YouTube. And people go, mate, like, you've been saying that it's on the YouTube channel for like three weeks on your podcast and it's not up there did you actually do it i did they just 
obviously it's not put out yet. So this clip has had more hype than the fucking James. He's had a lot. He's had a lot of hype, (laughs) and he's sort. I've sort of spoiled it for myself now because I'm like, you know, all the people saying you said it was going up, but on this day, and then it's not, and it just sort of looks like I'm lying. You know what I mean? But listen, it was a it was a great experience. I've not spoken about it much yet. Um, How was it? What what was it like to um, be around? A TV Do you know what? Audience. It was it was a great experience. So I was at home, get picked up at R4 by mm. a driver who literally picks you up from your front door, takes you straight to the BBC studios. Mm-hmm. And obviously you've got to muck about with um with like uh, trains and well, drive yourself there. That was really lovely because I got in there. I was, I was really quite tired. So I said, mate, do you mind if I had a nap? He was like, no, that's fine. Then I woke up about 15 minutes to go there. I had a nice chat with a guy, calmed me down. And as I pulled up, I turned in and there was all the audience queuing up and my heart just sank. I, was like, I had this thing in my head. I was like, what the fuck are you doing here? I was like, what you, what do you, who do you think you are? Do you know what I mean? Like, that's, I had that in my mind. Um, imposter syndrome. A little bit of imposter shing- syndrome, yeah. But just thinking like, oh, it's like all those, you know, starting out on the open mic circuit doing all that then getting in the clubs and then doing that and getting to level where I'm hosting and doing 20s and doing all that I'm like oh this is this is sort of what that is all for is for something like this which is going to be filmed properly it's on a you know on a on a television show or whatever um and I was just like oh, it like hit me a bit but then I went in and everyone was so lovely the team there they showed me to my dressing room and I was just like this five minute set I was doing, I was like, I've been doing it quite a few years now. Like, I know it just works. I know it's a good representation of me. I feel like in this five minutes, you really, you understand a bit about a bit about me, as in like, you know, where I'm from, a um, bit about my my family life and the background of my family, and you know, you get a good idea of my sense of humour as well and the sort of person I am. So I was like, I'm 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 ready for this now. You know, I went upstairs my agent and then on the side of the stage was like right so we're going to walk on it's the audience it's about 400 people in the audience maybe i would say and i'm like i was just like oh this is just like a gig then really i was like it's just all loads of people up there there's a stage i'm like yeah i could do this like and i was just like i think it's gonna be cool but anyway i was down in the changing room and i went through my stuff and i got changed into all my outfit and that that i was gonna wear and um i was just like I was vaping actually in the changing room <laughs> and then I shit, I was just vaping about thinking and I shit myself. I was like, if the smoke alarm goes off and then I'm like, and then I shit myself again. I was like, nice, no, cool. And then I was sitting there. Paddy McGuinness was in the dressing room next door. Right. I see him as I went in. I was like, you're right, mate. He's like, you're right. And uh, I heard out the front of my door was Mo and Paddy talking. And I was like, should I go out there? Be like, you're right, lads. How you doing? I was just like, no, just stay put. Like, their household names. They don't want fucking little Joey Essex twat walking up like, all right, lads, what's going on? I'm going to be like, I'm going to be a star and all. No likey, no likey. Yeah. Hey, hey. <laughs> My mum's going to take me out. Do you know him? Right. But I was just thinking, just stay, stay in the dressing room. Like, know your, know your place, basically. Because I know I'd go out there and I know Mo. And Mo would be like, all right, Josh, how you doing? And like, hey, f-. But I was like, nah. He's the thing like, is, Mo, Mo would never have made you feel awkward in that No, but I was just like, listen, that's Mo like Gilligan. That. That's Paddy McGuinness. Like, leave them to it. Mm. Like, I've not, I've got no, I've got no, 
no right to be in that conversation with them. Also, you've just got your own thing to worry yeah, about. Yeah, but I was just like, I don't want to be a bit beggy as well yeah. and be like, I'm trying to be like, oh yeah, like now's my chance. Let me try and get in there. I was like, no, let me let me do my thing on stage. That's where I do my talking. I don't want to go out there and be trying to have a chat, you know, just to have a chat with Paddy McGuinness and Mo Gilligan or whatever. Um, but yeah, and then they knocked on the door and I was like, you ready? I was like, yeah, I'm ready. And I, I went up there and I was like, right, this is your mic. And I'd chat with Polly, my agent. And she was like, go up there. She was like, you know, just just go do what you do, basically. I was like, yeah, cool. And I, I was almost a bit, I was almost a bit like thinking to myself, I should be more nervous in this because my heart sank before I come up. You know, when I pulled up to the studios and saw all the audience, but I was like, I was just so relaxed and I was like, yeah, I can do this. You know what I mean? And anyway, Mo Gilligan introduces it and he's like, we introduced some of the best up and coming comedians on the circuit. You're going to love this guy, blah, blah, blah. He always gives me a nice introduction. You know, whenever I've I've done those shows with him, he really bigs me up. And I sometimes think, oh, don't say, don't say too much about me because like, you know, get that back. But, you know, he, he sort of built up just enough, you know. Uh, and then I went out there and I just had a look around, like, I was, you know, see all the cameras. And I was a bit like... Shoot your pants. I felt a bit <laughs> emotional, to be honest. It's oh, like, really? this set that I'd done, obviously been doing it a while, and it's about my nan. Mm. And I was just like... I was almost thinking to myself, like, what if she could see me now? Mm. Do you know what I mean? I was like, she wouldn't believe it. Yeah. She would not believe it. You know, she was all very proud of me doing this stuff. She never watched me because, I mean, yeah, that just wouldn't, but she'd probably fucking heckle all the other ones. <laughs> like, sometimes I look at some comedians and I think, you would not stand, you know, <laughs> she would eat you alive. But I, I was a bit like, ah, oh, you know, obviously you lose people, didn't you? We spoke about this, you know, you lose your grandparents, whatever, again, fucking nanny granddad's died, get over it. But I was just like, Oh, if she could, see, if she could see, if she could see me now, this would be great. But um, I sort of looked around. And I was just like, I was, I was quite, I was quite just a bit like, I've worked hard to 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 do this, and like I said, I don't know if I get another opportunity like that again. And you don't know where your your career is going to go. It can go up, it can go down, and you work hard and you try and be as good as you can be. But you're not always in control of where your career goes because it's, it's down to luck, really. So mm. I was just like, look you probably, you know, chances are that this might be the best thing you do. Just enjoy it. And I looked out and I was like, I've, if I'd set out and come and I was like, that's the one thing, that's what you're going to achieve. That's going to be your max. I'd be well happy with that. You know what I mean? Like that's your, you're going to do it for eight years and then you're going to do Mo Gilligan's show. And then after that, nothing really happens. But I would have been like, do you know what? I love stand-up comedy. Enough, like that'd be enough of a goal for me. That's enough of like a, a sort of legacy. Almost. Yeah, just almost <laughs> like it's just a cool thing to tell your kids yeah. and tell your grandkids. Like, oh, look at it, and it, you know. And anyway, I got up there and uh, done my introduction, done the first joke. They went for it, and I was just like, "Here we go." Uh, and I saw, you know, and it just got better and better. You know, it was a five-minute set. I got. I can't remember what the applause breaks were before, but I got two. I got two applause breaks. Did you get um, pins and needles at any point throughout your your set? Did you ever get that? When you, sometimes you're having a big set and sort of you just get this almost like the shivers, sort of like at a certain point. No, not really. Do you know what? Because I've also I've done gigs where I've been smashing it, and then I get too confident, 
and then I fuck it for myself. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I take yeah. it too far. It's all about just staying, just staying relaxed, staying at a certain sort mm. of level where you're, you're fun, you know, but you're not too, you're not over, you're not overdoing it. You're not underdoing it. And that's, that's what I've done. I just enjoyed it. And, uh, funnily enough, you know, I've seen some of my jokes and if you listen to this podcast, you, you, you probably tell that, you know, I'm very lighthearted with things I say, but there's an edge to, to my jokes. You know what I mean? I'm not like a family-friendly comedian. You know, you wouldn't be... I couldn't do my set on Britain's Got Talent, basically. You should see the stuff we have to edit out. Yeah. But um, <laughs> but I was worried about this one joke because it's a diverse audience, you know? And this is probably down to my um, pre... Probably my probably a little bit prejudiced inside of me, to be honest. When I pulled up and I see the audience side diverse, I thought to myself, they're not going to like me. What are they going to like this, Mm. this thick white Essex kid for? I thought, they're not going to, they're not, they're not like me. Um, And then I started second guessing about this one joke I've got, which is a, is, is a, is a really clever joke. But then sometimes people don't listen to the joke enough. If they don't actually listen to the words and the context of, of what's said, they can hear some of the trigger words and they, they could maybe get offended. But I've done the joke and it got a massive round of applause. And I was like, yeah. And then, you know, after I was a bit like, uh, that was a real, one of the main things I learned about that gig was like, I'm never going to do that again. I'd be like, oh, this is really quite a diverse crowd or there's a lot of this certain type of group of people in the crowd. They're not going to like me. Like at the end of the day, you know, you can, you can make connections with, with any of these, any of these people. And I think, I suppose maybe Mo see that, that like, you know, his audience would. I th- I think when it comes to sort of performing in front of maybe crowds that are either like predominantly black or like quite mixed, I think, and this is from experience of just doing gigs on like the like quote unquote black circuit. Like you, as long as you're being you and you're being authentically yourself and it's sort of like that they can see that and they can see that you're, you're not putting any airs or you're not trying mm-hmm. to sort of like pander to them or anything like that. Yeah. And you're just being yourself and your jokes are funny. Then they're on side. Mate, one thing I'd say is I've done gigs that, um, Done a gig in Tottenham, but it was like all black audience. If you get the black people to yeah. laugh, they are fucking the, like, yeah, the it's, best. It's the best audience you can. Like the thing is, there's a comedian that does a joke about like where black people laugh. They don't laugh. They change location. They change postcode because <laughs> they just like. <laughs> I don't know whose joke that is. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I think it's a very good comedian, but it's so true. They're like. <laughs> like this, like they don't just laugh; they're all over the place. So then you you buzz off that, but um, it went it went fantastically well. I mean, because a lot of as well, a lot of 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 Mo's audience are a lot a lot of people like me as well, you know, because he does a lot of stuff about obviously people from from my I suppose would you call it community maybe, mm. you know, like the geezer character he does like an Essex boy character, you know, it's and it's uh and yeah, but it it, it went. It went it went really well, and then when it I, I said my goodbyes, I went like that. And if you watch the video, I didn't want to get off. I was almost like because I was I just kept thinking to myself. Just walked over to the sofa. And sat yeah, down. yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, Mo, I'll come on. <laughs> but I was there, and I was just like because I always thought that like 
If I could get one thing like that, like one appearance on one of them shows or whatever, I thought that would, I'd be content with that. Mm. And I think largely I am quite content that I've done that. But it's funny, like, I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to leave the stage. Like, I could have gone on for another 20 minutes. And you'll see, like, if you've watched the video, I go like that, I walk back, I go like that. <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah, and then I'm like, and then I look over again to Polly over there and I give a thumbs up as if to go, oh, that went really well. And she was like, yeah. And I come, <laughs> I come off and I was just, oh, I didn't want to leave the stage. Yeah, yeah. And I walked around the corner and the people that I had was Nick Mohammed, who's on that Ted Lasso show. Oh, a lady who presented the Bake Off. Really funny lady, I can't remember her name. Sue Perkins, no? Sue, she's part of that double act. Uh, Mel Gedroich. Mel Gedroich, that's mm. it. Really naturally funny woman, really funny. And Paddy McGuinness. And uh, they was, uh, Nick and Mel was a bit like talking to each other. And Paddy went, that was really good, mate. Well done. And I was like, oh, cheers, mate. And I was just like, I was just a bit like, oh, that was that was wicked. And then straight away, got a text through on my phone from Polly saying, you smashed that. And I was like, thanks. Like, I don't never... You always sort of try and... I always pick holes. Even if I do well, yeah. I always pick holes. I've never been someone who's like deluded and said they smash it when they're not. And even if I have done really well and, you know, really had them laughing where applause breaks or whatever like I did with the Mo Show, I will always think, what what I could have done that better or I swore too much there or that bit of crowd work could have been a bit crisper. But that was one set I was just like, no, I'm... I'm pretty content actually the only criticism i'd probably have is that like it was a bigger stage i maybe didn't use the stage enough because when you're in comedy clubs you're on smaller stages so you're a bit more fixed in your in your yeah, thing yeah, yeah. whereas on those bigger stages you know when i when i done the tour support with sean walsh and we're doing the theaters i notice how like he and other big comedians like when i've been to see rob beckett and i've been to see you know all these other top comedians they use that space and I'm not, I'm, I'm not used to, a bit more used to it now from doing the tour support with Sean, but using a big stage and really, you know, so that was maybe the only thing I thought maybe, but then I didn't know where the cameras were on me and I didn't want to walk about too much because I didn't want the cameraman's, the cameraman to be, to be like trying to find me everywhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's the only thing I thought maybe I could have moved about a bit more and, but then I'm not a overly physical comedian, no. am I really? I, I do stay plotted. But then um, I went out. Uh, I went. I went out and had a vape. Called you know, actually called called people that were that were close to me. I was going to call you actually. I texted you, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. You I texted you. I can't remember what I was doing that night. I think I was. Uh, yeah, I don't I was... know if I tried to call you, but I've, I know oh, I texted you. I've texted you. Fairly... I think I was on holiday. I at the time. Yeah, yeah, I think that's why I didn't call you because I don't bother my holiday, and. Um, then I went back up and sat in the crowd. And there was this lovely lady. She was from Romford, actually. Lovely, lovely black lady. She was like, wow, that was amazing. And I followed her on Instagram. She was so sweet. Like, you know, like I'm like a mum sort of character. And I just, like, their energy was just, like, amazing. And just, yeah, it was just just unreal. And then watched the show. Um, and then jumped in, in the car, picked me up again. Fell asleep in the car on the way home. Woke up, was home, and I was just like, wow. You fell asleep? I would have been buzzing after that. I wouldn't have been able to sleep for like six hours. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I fell asleep because it was quite late. It was like 12 o'clock at night or whatever. And um, 
I just thought to myself, oh, I'd love to have a bit of that again one day. But if it happens, it happens. It don't, it don't, it's, you know. I think it's just a start. Yeah, but it, it just, it was just, it was just a, a good moment, you know, like it was like, it was on the 6th of June and it was coming up for like a year as well that I'd not had a drink. Yeah. So it all sort of coincided with, you know, I don't often feel proud of myself. Often my default setting is I'm a piece of shit and I hate myself and like always giving myself a hard time. And I think getting up stage and telling jokes and trying to be a bit of a Jack the Lad is almost trying to, me trying to talk myself out of that because that is my, I'm, I, you know, I would say I'm probably more of a of, of a negative person in my mind, maybe not more than what I, not necessarily what comes out of my mouth, but, you know, for a lot of years, especially through my 20s, I had such a low opinion of myself. You know, I think that's, and that's, I think that's why I drank quite a bit, you know, because um, that's the only time that I had the respite from that. Yeah. But I just, I, I come away from there thinking, like, you know, like, I don't often feel proud of myself, but I was like, you've done well, you know, you've done well there. And um, yeah, it was just, just a great experience. And it's funny how these, these things work that they fall on, you know, it all sort of comes together a little, just all felt like it come together a little bit. Um, but yeah, hopefully I'll get another experience like that. I mean, um, but if I don't, I don't, do you know what I mean? I think you will. I think I think you're with a very good agency. I think you're sort of you know you're you're kind of I think that those sort of things I think they tend to be for for someone of you know I don't want to give you any compliments on this podcast because I don't want it to be on record. You know what I mean? But you, you, know, don't, some, you don't ever give me compliments, <laughs> do you? I give you constructive. I don't want your ego to get too big. But do you know what? That's the thing. If I'm ever doing a sketch, or whatever, that's what I sent to you because one, you're good at finessing, and I know. I'm going to get a fucking honest opinion from Salvatore. And I'm not always going to like it. Like sometimes when you send me feedback on some of the sketches, I think, you cunt. <laughs> but I love sometimes, sometimes, sometimes when I give you notes, right, I just won't, I get, just, I just won't, I just won't hear a response. And I'm like, right, he doesn't like that. I'll leave it a few hours till, <laughs> I, till, my, till my blood stop boiling. Uh, but then I know you're, I know you're, you're, you're right majority of the time but then sometimes i think sometimes i'm right i say it's 95 to 5 yeah maybe <laughs> yeah no i think look you look you, i think this is just a start i think you're um you know and i think that's a good mentality to have to be like look if this is all that ever comes of of it then then you know i'm happy i think that's that i think not enough people especially in our kind of field not enough people set sort of like reasonable goals and not enough people appreciate what they have whilst they have it yeah exactly that exactly that um i think people are always looking forward to all right well yeah i've done that now what's the next thing what's the next thing and i, I think you should just sort of when those moments come you should just sort of savor them really yeah and i, I think that's one thing i've learned from the the you know when i'm not obviously not been drinking is like being content with what i've got you know what i mean and not not you know thinking on the next thing and just enjoying, like enjoying things like that, you know? Um, it's good to be ambitious, you know, it's good to have like goals and sort of have a bit, sort of vision of where you want to see your sort of career heading or whatever. But ultimately... See, I would say, I would say I'm more hardworking than I am ambitious. Like mm. for me, I've never been someone that like, I've never been driven by money. No. Like, 
but I've worked hard and like yeah. I, I've, I've, you know, and I, I, I've give a good living to myself and, you know, for the people around me. Um, because I work hard, but it doesn't come through. That doesn't come through because I want all the big flashy cars and watches and all that sort of stuff. Because that, you know, I've got an all right watch or a decent car, but I don't. I don't feel I want a big Range Rover. Like I'm pretty content with what I've got, and I think even if I was to earn loads of money one day, I couldn't see myself buying all them flashy things because I, I do think they're a waste of money. But yeah, I'd say I'm more hardworking than I am ambitious. As long as you're enjoying what you're doing. That's yeah. what fucking matters. And I, I'm glad that you sort of, you know, you, you had that opportunity and you were able to to sort of go up there and in the moment actually enjoy it because I think a lot of people might get in their head about it a little bit too much. Do you know what? Without trying to make this this episode too sentimental, like some of the, like some of the, some of like, I think the places I've been in my life, like in my head, like, sort of almost pull me back from being too, I want this and that and that. You, do you know, I want all this because I'm like, I've really felt, I've had times in my life where I've really felt just at the end. You know what I mean? Like really, just like, I could call it a day really. You know, mm. I've had a couple of times that I can think in my head where I think I could easily call it a day. And I've, if you've sort of ever been in that situation, you sort of, really, you sort of, sometimes you realise what's important. Do you know what I mean? So, mm. you know, but that said, I, when I was there, I was like, oh, I want to, I do want a bit more than this, but I think that's natural. Like when you get to, obviously we do, I've done some horrific gigs in my time. So do something like that. Whereas like, it was amazing. But, I can ask, take it and leave it. Like if it happens, it happens. If it, if, if it, if it don't, it don't, you know, like I said, it's out of my control really. All I can do is just work hard and, you know, I just keep doing it. And, and at the core of it, why did I enjoy that night so much? The best thing about that night, really, it obviously it come with all the thing. Oh, Paddy McGuinness was there, got picked up in a nice car and it's all big and flashy. The thing I loved most about that night was that five minutes on stage, just making people laugh. And it don't matter if I'm doing that, on a TV show, or I'm doing that at uh, a comedy club. Yeah. You know, obviously, I don't <laughs> want to be doing it at a fucking open mic. You know what I mean? Because that's, they're awful. <laughs> I don't want to go to an open mic night where you go, oh, you've got to bring your mate to get on stage. You should bring a gig. Oh, is it? Great. Yeah, do you want to come watch me? You don't tell your mate that they're there to watch you do five minutes and then watch 20 other comedians. <laughs> <laughs> that are, well they're not comedians are, are they they're, they're people with fucking mental health issues <laughs> do do a set and your mate's sitting there like I've just given the evening up and my that's the worst isn't it I this is know. the one night I get free to see my kids and I'm here <clears throat> watching this if um, if if, if, if uh, I mean a lot of people who listen to this probably won't know what a bringer gig is but essentially what it is, is when you first start out in stand-up, you, you go to open mic nights and there's some nights where you have to bring someone as an audience member to be able to perform. <laughs> so what ends up happening is, is you end up being at a, a gig where there's maybe like 15 very amateur sort of comedians. You get, you get, you get a couple of good ones. You get you a get, couple of good you ones. You get a couple of good ones that you think, okay, 
they're gonna they're gonna make they're gonna do something with this. You get some people just like batshit crazy do it. Where like one thing I would say, like if you're socially a bit outcast, a bit awkward, one place you can find a bit of company and mates is the open mic circuit, yeah. right? Hundred percent. And then you get people that yeah that that are, that are, that are giving it a go, not not, not that great. But uh, yeah, it's a real it's a real interesting community. One thing I would say just on that. Two people who I saw, like very first gigs, and I was like, obviously they're not that great, but I was like, they've really got something, and I've been proved to be right. Finn Taylor, yeah, who was like, he was wicked, and he was like seventeen at the time, and I was like, and I was speaking to him after, I was like, mate, like you're you're good, and he is. You could just tell, and he's gone on to do really good things. And Fatia, how do you pronounce the surname? Algoria. Algoria. Yeah, I should be on Jonathan Ross now. All these shows. Like she was just hilarious. Obviously, this Muslim girl from from Hackney, but like, I, it, it was funny. I was watching her. I was like, I could take her down to the pub with my mates, and she would fit in with all us. She would give us good. I was like, so unique, and so like, and also thought could bridge that gap between, you know, people that are a bit like right wing, and a bit like oh yeah, like you know, that almost maybe don't take too kindly to a woman in a headscarf, bridging the gap between you know. Actually, if they saw her and then she made them laugh, they'd probably actually change their mind, mm. you know. And that's why she's special. Um, breaking down barriers. Breaking down barriers, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the the sort of uh, it's it's a real mix of misfits and outcasts and people with severe mental health problems who should probably seek actual counselling rather yeah. than stand on stage and tell jokes for five minutes. I say jokes, but... I remember the first time that I met you, you messaged me. You were like, oh, you can do my gig in Chesson. There's a guy called Salvatore Bacconi. I'm like, who's this? <laughs> and he was like, oh, um, oh, it's, um, yeah, sorry, it's, it's Sam Bacconi. Um, obviously, Salvatore is my long name. And I was like, I still don't know who this is. <laughs> oh, and then, like, I, met, so then I met we, you. And we go for, should we go through the messages and see what the first time I Yeah, go on. Because I'm interested because I don't fucking remember. I've got a terrible memory. So I just don't fucking remember. Oh, no. The, the Probably the Facebook you messaged me on, I've now deleted because I've just got my Facebook comedy page. Yeah. But then, I, yeah, then I've done your gig. And then um, we struck up a friendship from there, didn't we, really? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Was the first... Hold on. What, what was the... When did we first meet? Do you remember? A very, a very, a very famous bringer gig that we won't mention. Very famous bringer gig. Hold on. <laughs> you were know you, what I'm talking about. Yeah. Were you headlining that night? Might have been. I mean, I can't remember. Still, I mean, if you're headlining, was Kelly Convy on that night as well. Might have been, but if you're headlining, that you're not really headlining, <laughs> are you? Headlining. Yeah, you headline. You're like, yeah, I'm headlining. Uh, <laughs> Have you not seen the Lamb basically? <laughs> if you headline, it just basically means you don't have to bring someone with you. <laughs> you don't get paid. No. You get a couple more minutes extra. But the funny one, the funny ones are. I oh know actually no because if I mention that, they'll people know exactly who, the gig we're talking about. Well, I, what I would say is bringer gigs. I think you sort of do them at the start of. Uh... No, do you know what we're taking the piss out of them? But actually. When you're They're starting useful. out on the open mic market on the open mic circuit, you actually got to do it because no person with half a brain is going to go watch people that are 
not that uh, skilled at comedy because it's, I mean, actually, if you're going to go, it'll be entertaining from the point of if you go to be like, oh, let's go see how bad this is. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think actually after a certain period, after being in comedy at a certain time, that is the most enjoyment you get. It's just watching people die. People on stage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I went to watch the uh, I went to watch the comedy store King, King Gong with some mates of ours, and I was like, "You got to come watch his show. Like, it's just fun because like some people are good, and then some people just like die a horrible death. And it, it is is and as horrible it is, as it is, you think it is entertaining to watch. And I and I think to myself, I've been through that, so I feel like mm. I know that if you carry on working hard. And if you've got something about you, then you'll probably get through that five minutes eventually. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is beautiful watching people crash and burn though. Yeah. Like, especially if they're like really overly confident. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's <laughs> brilliant. That's the best one. That's the best one. The guy who turns up. But then the more entertaining thing is someone dies in their ass and they come off and they're like, yeah, I smashed it. <laughs> you get a lot of that. And you're like, yeah, I think you might be blind and deaf or both. Um, it's nice to have like the odd sentimental episode now. Yeah, it's been quite sentimental. I've not mean to make it sentimental. Um, I don't want this. I don't want this podcast to be one of them. You know, deep and whatever. And uh, I don't want you know. I've mentioned some things about oh, you know. I don't want anyone messaging me like oh, I'm so glad you're in a better place now. <laughs> don't. I don't want your fucking sympathy. <laughs> like seriously, oh. You're really, because coming from someone like you, you know, I think that's going to send a really important message out to people. Don't give me that shit. I'm not going to be a mental health ambassador. No. You're going to inspire other thick people to not talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want none of that. You know, don't want none of that. Just, just leave that. I don't want no one's sympathy, basically. Because that's, so, you know, part of my life that I've, I've left behind now. And I mean, my life's really good today and I'm really, really happy with my life today. And, uh, and it's t- taken hard work to get there. You know, it's taken a lot of like changes in like life choice, you know, life choices that, you know, changed, changed the way I live and, and yeah, you know, but I turned it around. So, but yeah, but don't be messaging me like, oh, that, you know, I don't want any of that 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 shit and uh if you what you know if you're feeling down or whatever i do really like helping people i do but the best person you can speak to is go to the doctors go to the nhs or whatever they can get you onto people that you you know professionals that can help you know help about all that sort of thing um yeah and just you know don't 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 ruin yourself with with alcohol that's not the answer and if you are having a tough time then uh, Monday the 22nd of August, I'll be performing at the West yeah. End Comedy Club. If you really want to push yourself over the edge, <laughs> get yourself down to Salvatore's uh, debut half hour. <laughs> yeah. Um, Actually, I don't with disclaimer. If you are feeling low, probably don't go see that. <laughs> Seriously. No, go see it. It would it'd probably cheer you up because the other guy's funny that you're doing it with me. So. That's very funny, yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, no, go watch that. And, it is uh, actually called Matt and Sam Attempt Murder, so if it may push you, if it does push you over the edge, yeah, then it does what it says on the tin. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, I think that's been, I think that's been a lovely episode, mate. And yeah, and I will say that you have been someone that I've really lent on over the last year. You know, um, 
you know, the way that I've just been able to take the piss out of you, <laughs> you know, call you a fat area Italian. <laughs> it's made me feel better. It's replaced the booze, if I'm honest. Yeah, it has. <laughs> no, but it, it's no. You have you have been someone that's really our friendship has been a real. You know the way it's blossomed. You know you are one of my my, my closest friends now. I would say, and uh, you've been great. <sighs> Freaking soppy cunt. All right. Yeah. <laughs> no, you've been great. And you told me the other day that you was going to practice to be a counselor. Oh yeah, you well yeah. That's a terrible that, idea. That was another life. Terrible idea. Another life. I was a miserable was old counselor. Yeah, you would have been a miserable counselor. I was counselor. training to be a drug and alcohol counselor. Another life. Uh, there you go. Many years ago. That's why uh, we get along. And now look at me. Yeah, pretty much doing that now. <laughs> <laughs> for pretty less, much. for less money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the only difference is, is, your clients wouldn't have made jokes about your mum. That, uh, I think they would have fucking done more than that. Yeah. Jeez, some of the people that we uh, had to deal with. Really? Uh, a, bit un- a bit unstable, a bit mm. unhinged. But, um, you know, that was a big collective of different people. Now I only have to deal with un- one. One nutter. One unhinged, unstable person. Um, it's got to be more unstable, uh, mentally unhinged, stable people than me in your life. There's got to be more. Yeah. Yeah. I fucking gig with them every week. Mate. Yeah. Well, I'm saying you're Italian, mate. I'm Italian. <laughs> if there's one word to describe Italians, it would be unhinged, I reckon. <laughs> unhinged. They are. They are. They... I'd say passionate. Passionate. Yeah. That's that's another word for it. But <laughs> Some of them are definitely fucking unhinged. Yeah. Passion, passionate's a great word. Three words to describe an Italian. Passionate. Oh, you're asking me? I'm asking you. Uh, passionate, generous, generally, they're quite generous. And, um, I would say hungry, hungry, three Mm. words to describe me, three words to describe you. Yeah. Um, just keep in mind, I've, I've mentioned a lot of mental health things there. So if there's any negatives in here. Suicide. It might send me back down that road, man. I would say um I don't want I don't want to say that one because it's it feels tanned. <laughs> um cur- You're gonna say thick. You're gonna say you can just say thick, that's fine. I wasn't gonna say thick. You was gonna say thick. I was thick. actually gonna say curious. Curious? Yeah. Actually, maybe you're not curious. Curious? Well, I ask a lot of questions. Yeah, you are. Cu- Actually, you are curious. I would say you are curious. No, it's a nice way to say nosy. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think it's nosy. I think. Uh, I, th- I think. I think you're very affable. That's a good, good affable. Good way to describe. Like personable. It. Yeah, really likable. Right. Um, there's another way of saying likable. Mm. I think affable maybe uh, defi- defines you a bit closer. Nice. Affable. Like cu- that word. Curious. I'm not sure about <laughs> curious. <laughs> Sexually curious. <laughs> Basically, I'll shag anyone. <laughs> uh, affable, um, curious, and uh, I would say the third one would probably have to be give me a moment. Got all the time in the world. I don't want to say it because it's like it's like I'm a fucking comedy reviewer, but I would say you're you're cheeky. (laughs) 
<laughs> that word cheeky should be fucking banned. What a terrible <laughs> word. He's cheeky. He's, che- he's cheeky. Uh, I mean that's how I think that's how I think that's how our listeners would describe no, it. No full grown man should ever say the word. I didn't want to say cheeky. it. I didn't want to say no, it. They, no full grown man should describe another man as cheeky. Oh man. I think we've got to end it on that on that note. On that cheeky little note. I think we've got to, I think we got to end it. What was the the original name of this podcast going to be? Cheeky. Bit you of come content. up. Well, you come up with some bastard names. Cheeky. No. Cheeky bit of content. Yeah, Salvatore <laughs> wanted to call this podcast "Cheeky Bit of Content." I was like, mate, you can go was, fuck yourself. I was joking. You weren't joking though. You actually weren't. Like we we were sending back and forth joke joke ones more than serious ones, but cheeky bit of content. You was being serious. But anyway, on that note, <laughs> thanks for listening, guys. If you can um, make sure you know what to do by now, rate your five stars on Spotify, rate your five stars on iTunes, leave a nice review. Please share it on your Instagram stories, on Facebook, um, and keep getting it out there. Because like I said, we've got no PR behind us. You know, this is like a self-made thing. So yeah, get it out there and um, stay cheeky. <laughs>